NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. Boys. Yeah. Oh, the boys are here. They're nervous. They're calm. <laughs> Boysies. Get rarer. Why is this happening to me? Me. We're not getting Maccas and you can blame my son. <laughs> Get a few today, did you? It's great to contractually be obliged to be here. <laughs> Thank you. Is anyone going to listen to this or what? No, I actually don't know what, what happens in third grade. <laughs> you either get nude, get in the shower, or we're throwing all your quick gear in, bro. That was like, no chance I'm going to bowl you. <laughs> 19th century Pax Britannica. Fuck! Basball returns England once again. The greatest cricket team you've ever seen. Winning by an innings and 85 runs. We're talking about the 100 today. Barney Rone is on the show. We're talking the BBL draft. Did you have a look at that? We're talking the 60. We're talking Australia, Zimbabwe. The Asia Cup as well has commenced. Hashtag AskCJC. This episode is brought to you by Budgie Smuggler. New hoodie, a tracksuit range in Australia, swimwear in the UK and across the continents, across the lands. My name is Ian Higgins. Sam Perry sits across from me. And we're going to get straight into some 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 play cricket gear. Some play cricket gear. Real Pez. cricket. Real. It's the real stuff, Pez. Fuck the hundred. Fuck the BBL. Fuck the 60. Whatever that is. Let's talk about South Milford and York Third Eleven. Now, if those are those social media fans out there, um, you might have seen that we posted a scorecard. It's also been sent around the internet uh, as is people's want wants. I'm not really sure that works. Uh, South Milford made 577 for three off their 50 allocated overs. York uh, had got a good clip to be fair, going at sixes uh, mm. for the eight and a half overs that their innings lasted uh, and bowled out for 50. Couple of key points there. Okay, so they've lost by 527 runs in a 50-over game. That can happen. That can happen. Mm. Uh, 134 extras caught the eye. 20 penalty runs. 20 penalty runs. Can someone move the fucking lid? Mm. <laughs> also, York are a third 11 team, playing against the first 11 team. Uh, and then, yeah, as I said, they got bowled out for... um. They got bowled out for 50, York, in 8.5 overs, but they were going at sixes. So at least, like, Basball, Basball's everywhere. Basball is everywhere. York sent him in too, I think. Well, they wanted to – if it was going to do anything, it would have done something in that first hour. Yeah, I looked this up. Uh, this is Yorkshire Premier League North, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so South Milford, 577 for three. Yeah. And uh, – and knock out the opposition in eight and a half overs. You think, well, that's a good team. Mm-hmm. Twelve team comp. Yeah, they're sixth. <laughs> the opening, the opening partners for South Milford made three hundred and forty-five before the first loss of the wicket, uh, loss of the first wicket, uh, and then 
uh, and then it got worse from there, I guess. Also, I noticed that the the um, in York's innings when they were bowled out for fifty, uh, Alex Ward opened the bowling for South Milford. Harsh to say his name, just singling him out, but he went he bowled one over, went for eleven, uh, three wides and three no balls. What, what the fuck? What the fuck is happening in this game? Even even their extras were twenty six out of fifty. You know what we need to do is, is, this? is fuse that thing we were talking about a couple of months ago, maybe where like ex county ringers were coming in and dominating guys. <laughs> yeah, like like giving back maybe, to the game. Yeah, like maybe we need. Like, it would be great to start some kind of. I don't know what, what, what you would call it. Some kind of welfare fund. You a know, call well, not a fund. Yeah, we'll, we'll obviously start a call center. There is. <laughs> This is a call centre to receive mystery balls for uh, the sixty. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. But like, if if somehow those people who those county players who want to boost their ego in village wheelie being English shit <laughs> could actually go and be <laughs> Mate, like, this is the like, like in a draft yeah. with the BBL actually siphoned yeah. out to okay. teams like York Third Eleven. Oh, I see. I see. So like, if you want to go and bosh blokes around, go and Chris bosh, bosh around. Yeah, a couple. Sorry, of, sorry Chris Boss. Yeah, go and bosh around a couple of big fish in very small ponds. Yeah, you know? this reminds me of the secret cricketer. I think it might have been put on by Nat West, perhaps when right. Michael Vaughan. You Vaughan. might have seen that yeah. one. Went they dressed him up, a uh, bit of yeah. facial reconstruction gear. Yeah, but he failed. Uh, yeah, well he got a good he game. got a good rock. He did get <laughs> a good, good rock. So these these international players when they play when they play in our shit decks. Yeah, they're just like us, except they're fifty times better. Oh, but, I mate, think but about this, these this, mate, this is the Yorkshire Prem North. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, that's I don't true. understand why there's a third 11 play. Well, the other two teams, are, they play at county. <laughs> it's, actually, it's Yorkshire threes. So South Milford are six in the league, are they? Six, yeah, they're mid-table. Sixth. They're mid-table. Yeah, they're, they're looking for a spot in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. I don't like it. I don't like it. It's wrong. Whatever leads to that situation is wrong. I feel sorry for the blokes who get pumped like that. I, oh, I do as well. It's, ki- it's kind of funny. It, obviously, it's <laughs> yeah, funny. But <laughs> well, I'm saying one by 527 runs, yeah. and yet, like, and we were talking about this off air. Like, you feel sorry for the teams that are ordinary and getting pumped, and there's something wrong with that in the league. But yeah. then you feel like, oh, if you want to help them out, like, you know, mm-hmm. if we, if we via a podcast on the internet, yeah, 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 um, in Australia, yeah, in Australia, yeah, <laughs> bottom in the bottom corner of the world, so sort of <laughs> yeah. couldn't be further away. Yeah, but then you're like, well, some some clubs are just shit, you know. <laughs> like, High turnover. It's not South Milford's fault that your know, training's going well. Guys, guys are turning up. They're working true. hard. That's true. You know, that's true. People want to play there. I tell you what, it must be a hundred. What was hundred and thirty-four extras at some point? It must be. There must be so many. Like, fuck's sake. From from everyone in that field, including the umpire, I'm guessing. What about the five teams above South Milford looking to play York? You beauty. <laughs> So there'll be like only five being like, I won't come this week. Licking my chops. Absolutely no danger. Before we get into England, South Africa, Pez, I know we announced this last week, but greycricketer.com is a new website for TGC, uh, the new line of merchandise, hoodies, caps, T-shirts in a variety of colours. At greycricketer.com, you can find it there. And, of course, if you join Patreon, you get discounts with uh, percentage discounts uh, depending on what tier that you join. And, of course, live shows and all that sort of gear to come. With benefits at patreon.com forward slash great cricketer. Thanks to those who've put in applications for the uh, the role we've got going as well at TGC, multimedia editor, producer, six month contract role. Um, keen for people who are probably Australia based, possibly even Melbourne based, to be handy. You'd be spending the summer with us helping make our shit look good. Yeah, thanks for those who put in. There's probably a week or two to go for applications. So do that. I think that's that's the great cricketer jobs at gmail.com and all that sort of uh, shit. But look it up. England win the second test. 
uh, in Manchester by an innings and 85 runs. Uh, just top line. South Africa won the toss, and they thought, we'll have a stick. They made 151. Rabada actually top scored with 36. Anderson and Broad, three each. England, in reply, because uh, everything's a conversation in the game, made 415 for nine. They must protect Jimmy Anderson at all costs. They took the last week and said, bring him in. Stokes, 103. Folks, 113. Red Ink. Nokia got three. The lead was 264. It was fucking 85. Too many. South Africa, 179 all out. Peterson and uh, Van der Dussen, 42 and 41, respectively. Ollie Robertson, 4 for 43 in the third and final innings of the game. Um, Pez, the, uh, we, we spoke to Barney Rone, uh, who will be coming up in a moment's time, so you can get some uh, some better insight there. But um, it struck me in this game, Pez, that uh, England were the better team. England would have won the game regardless based on the performances of both sides. But, like, fuck me. Uh, South Africa have cooked this from the before a ball was bowled. They they played they deliberately played two spinners and they won the toss on like an overcast morning and go, now we'll have a stick. Just uh, uh, what? Mm. And then they they, they e- earmarked these two spinners. It looked like yeah. it looked like a real sort of we, we penciled them in pre series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, like Jansen was fucking unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, yeah, lords. And everyone was cooing over the bowling like, attack, we're, including we're us. Like birds. Yeah. Cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wanted to do it. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Uh, no one needs to do anything. Um, but yeah, so he fucked up the toss and he fucked up selection. Selection. Did. Yeah. Uh, dropped down. So I brought in Simon Harmer. Uh, and um, who apparently, Pez, you were telling me he's done some stuff in county cricket? Yeah, dominated county cricket. So I think last game, mm-hmm. England's performance reflected well on county cricket. And now this performance, because of Simon Harmer, <laughs> reflects poorly on county cricket. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, that's harsh. Uh, although, it's just come in. And England have won another game, which is really good. That means county cricket's strong. Cool. So, yeah, that, so that's yeah, hard to wrestle balances with. it up. Now, of course, like for England now, that's five wins out of six, though. In the broader scheme of things, it's actually six wins out of twenty-three. So I'm not sure where the I'm not sure where the truth lies. You know, it <laughs> lies wherever the biggest stat I can pull out is to <laughs> suit right. my narrative. That's right, yeah. and that's actually their 417th win out of 1,200. Though, so that's you know to factor that in. Yeah, World yeah. Test Championship win percentage from 1886. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going well. Hey, Jimmy Anderson played his 100th Test, though. Of course, yeah. Pez, bit of bit of Team GB gear, 97 in England, three in Wales. Sorry, fucking hell, what? This is Jimmy Anderson's 100th match. In bit England. of T and GB gear, but Team GB gear. Oh, Team yeah. GB, right, yeah. right. So yeah. this is what cricket sounds like to the touch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, had a, he had a day out though, Jimmy Anderson. He's got his end named after him, uh, yeah. and also the Pavilion. Um, James Anderson end six for <laughs> in the he match. Calls his penis, James. <laughs> Name my end after I'm, myself. Name my name my end, James Anderson. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you call your cock? Well, oh, mate, swings both Sam ways. Sam Perry. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's got a podcast. Uh, um, anyway. I remember actually when I went on my parent or my family used to go on holidays to Coffs Harbour for those who oh, know New South Wales, and it was, it was a humble place to go, really. And uh, <laughs> I was just getting into reading, and pretty well were they? Picked up one <laughs> Coffs Harbour. Wow, okay. It's fucking eight hour driving the car. A bit of money knocking out, was there? Grandma's going to come up as well. I won't go to Europe, you know. Christ. No, it was nice. It was nice. Uh, and it was the first time, like, I, 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 you know, it was like a stayed in a, um, stayed somewhere and there was a, like, there was a couple of, like, racy um, page turner um, paperback books and it was some young adult, young, young adult lit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. and it was, a, and I remember this book, it was about a, it was about a, a guy living in Maine um, in the mm-hmm. US. And all I remember is that he's, it was the first time I came across the concept of nicknaming a penis. 
and uh, okay. he, he, he called his penis Ralph. <sighs> and uh, it's just it just stuck with me ever since. And my mate the other day... Not Ralph Harris. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be confused with Ralph Harris. No, he didn't nickname his penis Ralph Harris. It was Ralph. And... Right. Uh, Oh, it's just, it's just, it's, you know, we talk about ruined words on the show. All like, Matt the, the other day got a dog. What'd you call it, Ralph? Oh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, just destroyed the momentum of this show. <laughs> that story. Anyway, yeah, so James Anderson named his end after himself. Right. Yeah. Uh, Zach Crawley made 38 of 101, so he's Bradman now. Um, I saw a lot of people <laughs> talking about queuing, mate. People, people were queuing over this 38. Overnight, people, you know, his commentary, uh, Stuart Broad after the, on the press after day one saying, like, you did the right thing for the team. I mean, what's he going to say? But, like, it's just, um, he's a guy who hasn't got runs in a long time. You know, 38-something. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of um, when Burns for Australia made 50 against in the second innings at Melbourne, maybe? No, no, it was Adelaide. It was Adelaide when they bowled in the year out for 36. So and it then, was Adelaide, first game of the year. That's right. And he got the hug. He got, from, he, got from hug, he got the hug from from then coach Justin Langer. That's right. It's, it was when we posited that Burns was just too big to fail. <laughs> he was too big to <laughs> fail. Crawley's getting he's getting close because thirty Adams like oh fuck oh, yeah he's, he's in he's in now. I mean he hit the six to win the game. Burns in that he did yeah. he did again satisfying visceral reactions. Mm, he was gone later. Uh that's yeah yeah. You, I mean you still want a bit more output, don't you, from from your international players? Anyway. um... I saw a stat before. This is actually the first time since the war that uh, England have won a game without Joe Root hitting a fifty. So that's all good. But the main the main points of the match, Pez, uh, Ben Stokes, twelfth Test century. Ben Folks getting his second, but Ben Stokes, first Test ton as England captain right. uh, in a Test match played in the northern part of the <laughs> <That's> <clears throat> right. where the game started on a Wednesday. Um, but uh, but. Quite a, quite a remarkable innings in the sense that it wasn't quite uh, basbally as we know it, I suppose. I know you're not allowed to use that term. Uh, but they went at four and over in this game. 100 overs, made 400. Ben Stokes, so his second 50 came quite quickly, but his first 50 runs, I think were for like about 120 or something like that. It was, it was relatively slow, so it was circumspect in that context, which, uh, which I don't know, is that, is that better? Is that better than Bairstow smashing 17 ball hundreds? What's good? <laughs> Who's good? I think it's a pretty good repost from England after getting, very good. getting pumped um, 100%. in the first game, and I think it's you can't you know say this in solemn tones, but you can't um, do anything but praise them for coming back like that. And Stokes, yeah. Stokes said that they weren't going to overreact after that loss. They haven't, you know. They look to have adapted their game a little bit, mm-hmm. and they completely destroyed. South Africa, um, South Africa trying to play a, a really grinding kind of style, and mm. uh, e- even on the third day, it was um, Van der Dusen and Keegan Peterson who batted nearly for a session, but it just wasn't quick enough. They couldn't make any inroads into that big deficit, and mm. England bowls just bowled too many wicket-taking balls, you know. And uh, I think it's a pretty good comeback from England. You know, first time they've been tested under the you know new coach and stuff, and mm-hmm. summed up the conditions well, played really well. Stokes hundred. You know, really, really good innings, and yeah, Ben Folks, like other other little things like that. Ben Folks coming to the party, that's going to mm. be that's really big for them. Yep. Um, and the other one, you know, Ollie Robinson came back. Ollie Robinson got absolutely panned, you know, following his tour to Australia, and I think, I think it was pretty valid criticism, as brutal as it was. He's clearly fitter than he used to be, um, than he was at that time. He's bowling five mile an hour quicker. Yeah. Uh, and, he, and he looked really good value for that. Yeah, looked, yeah. In fact, full value. Fucking hell. For that, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, great. That's a, you know, that's a really big win for them as well. 
um, it's a and it, it lines up nicely for the third game at the Oval. Mm. So it's, it was interesting with uh, with we we're just talking before about the 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 balance of South Africa side where we were you know we were, we were cooing over the the bowling mm. attack Ooh. the 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 prongedness of the of the bowling attack and and its versatility. <laughs> How pronged is it? Is it <laughs> very? Oh, wow! Wow! <laughs> wow! Very pronged. Does the prongedness? Um, and then Put that another context. And then <laughs> stick it a fork in me. I'm done. And then, uh, but in this game, uh, Rabada and Norkia in England's innings both went at fours, and actually Harmer and um, Maharaj only went at three. So actually, they they relatively tied it down in context. And actually, runs came from Norkia, who went for the most. Then Rabada after that, which is interesting. But I still feel like it's just um, a complete misread of the the strength of the South Africa side by weakening part of their attack. I mean, uh, like Janssen was batting six or seven, uh, depending on the context of that game, uh, with uh, with Varane and, and the, yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it just seems to be just like weakening their, to- their, their side and their strength enormously to play a spinner in the hope that it might spin later. And I think it did take a little bit of turn, but, and they, and they bowled okay. But uh, it just struck me as like, well, you can try and blow England away again here. But then at the same time, <clears throat> England found themselves 147 for five. They were still four runs behind... Uh, South Africa when folks came in and it's a remarkable uh, turn of events to have a guy like that coming in and scoring a second test hundred being folks and then having a lead of 264 and then the game really being over because once you know England so, takes so many wicket taking uh, deliveries their bowlers uh, game done and it's, it's just down to folks and Stokes really I would have thought I, I also just you got to say it like Anderson every time Anderson performs which he's done again he, you got to go he's 40 <laughs> it's fucked mate, it's, I, mate, it's unbelievable <clears throat> that he does that I, I was just thinking like it, it it might be a nice grandstand finish you know because we're all you know uh, Hollywood directors that like, mm. he should finish for the Ashes because that's the thing but like I feel like a year might be too soon like he's, he's, he's bowling, bowling he's as bowling quick as ever as, exactly quick as ever yeah and they use him now in far more of a strike bowling manner as well. He doesn't have to bowl dry all the time for them. Like, mm. I, I think, like, McCullum's, look, I don't know if McCullum's borrowing against future results because when McCullum came into that side, like, you could see whatever you wanted to say about the um, shrewdness or the astuteness of how England were managing their side. They were trying to move past Anderson and Broad mm. with great difficulty because the guys just perform all the time and they're still mm. the heartbeat of the side. McCullum's come in with Rob Key and stuff and mm. and provided that really simple, clear thinking of like, no, these guys are still guns mm. and they're really good at home, so we're putting them back in. And they, they just deliver, these guys, mm. like uh, all, all the time. And so I don't know if like down the track it's going to be like, oh, now we've got no one ready to go once Anderson and Broad have to retire but i think there's so much cricket these days mm. you shouldn't be thinking two series ahead three series ahead just go with now anything can change and that's what mccullum's done he's just got the best players in there they're playing really well and uh even though the ashes is like extensive like only 10 months away and apparently close there's so much shit that can happen between now and then why yeah. not just enjoy now mm. uh, it's actually <clears throat> a really good point you make because just remember when Broad was first dropped and like that was when Ed Smith was in charge of selections and then he did that interview with um, Ian Ward I think he might have been sitting in the big brother chair and then he was fucking seething because they were talking about really? that, that, that was during COVID right. that was like the first year of COVID I think during that West Indies mm. Pakistan summer that they had there that was, tw- that was 2020 I think it mm. might have been they were t- talking about like how do we rotate these guys out and I, I sort of made the point clumsily last week like 
How is it that Anderson and Broad are still the best players? I mean, that's probably the wrong question. It's it's but they are, so just keep playing them. And mm. that's you can you can imagine the um the lack of harmony in that dressing room when they went to the West Indies, England, uh, after the Ashes, and then Anderson and Broad weren't didn't travel, weren't selected for that tour. And you can imagine, like from their perspective, being like, "We're the fucking best players. Like just play us." But they they are thinking about no, we've got to start like regenerating our players but then it's funny they give every, they give the third bowler like it's a different bowler every time for the third guy so that maybe that's when they start building them up you know there's mm. there's wood there's archer if he wants to play there's ollie robinson there's I mean, matthew yeah. potts there's ollie stone it is interesting like, what, what would happen if if archer and and, and wood and and stone and you know and and wokes had mm. the same wokes. um consistency i mean wokes into this i mean wokes isn't wokes average nine or something in england with the ball mm. unbelievable so um yeah, it's uh, it's 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 it sets the series up nicely for that final game in uh, at the Oval, which is is that the end of this week? No. It would make sense if it would be. Uh, I don't know. I just sort of get home and yeah, yeah. It was just on. Yeah, I'm sort of more across the hundred, the hundred if anything. Uh, anyway, it's a remarkable, uh, a remarkable series happening, and I wonder actually as well because both these games have been played in three days, and I wonder if the nature of the like the, the way that England are playing, there's there's going to be so few five day games because the game is moving so quickly ahead, yeah. and it does happen in England as well, especially with the ball. Uh, like the amount of times Australia have been rolled through a spell with one of the <clears throat> one of their great bowlers, um, but uh, but now they're scoring at four, five, and over anyway. So it's like, how the fuck do you even get to a day five? Maybe you don't need to. Maybe you don't want to. Let's talk about the hundred. Last week, Pez, we put, we put out a call to the to the people out there about uh, about what's it, what's it like at the hundred? Um, <laughs> what's it like at the hundred? Because because we were bringing. Obviously, deep inside ourselves, like I said, wearing spectacles, and I've got my list yeah. manager kind of hat on. I bought a pipe. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. I didn't have enough time in the show to kind of go through the the like deeply um, interesting uh, statistical yeah. nuances. Oh, and of the what's narratives going on. and the yeah, narratives. Yeah, the different teams and stuff. That's right. Now, a whole bunch of players have left the tournament since then. Um, replacement players coming in deluxe. Even Reese Topley, who's fully fit, just said, oh, no, "I'm resting no. for the World Cup. I don't even want to play this thing. I'm resting for the World Cup." <laughs> So he doesn't even see it as like a good like um, sort of tune up, yeah, because um, he's a machine. Yep. Um, so anyway, so we put the call out, and uh, I want more people to write in if you've been to a hundreds game. Now, uh, DJ wrote in via Patreon. He said, "Quick synopsis: of the hundred, good cricket, but more Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> Felt like middle class Butlins holiday camp. Double Mexican wave, one in each direction. Twenty balls in, grim. Glizzies looked good." BBC introducing stage had gothic women sing the halftime show and sung a song which repeated, I waste all my time on the internet for three minutes straight. Can't escape BBC propaganda anywhere. I dropped a crowd catch. Further to the above synopsis, I also saw a lot of cocaine. <laughs> so that's... It's just what the punters are that's saying. Just, that's just one account. Okay. Uh, do you want to read what David yeah, said? Yeah, all right, all right. David. Uh, boys, he writes in uh, on the 100... Since you asked for feedback on the 100 from people who have been to games, I thought I'd give my thoughts on this godforsaken competition. Mm -hmm. It's like a six-inch subway that has been cut down to five <laughs> inches and advertised in centimetres, and for some reason that's supposed to be better. The branding from graphics to team kits looks like Satan's unicorn took a shit. They can also cut the DJ bollocks. The playlist is fitting of a kid's party at a caravan site. <laughs> I went to the Oval Invincibles versus Northern Superchargers game and paid so little attention during the second innings, maybe due to alcohol, that I thought the game was dead until I saw on the scoreboard that Oval that Oval needed six <laughs> to win from seven balls. 
<laughs> Oval. <laughs> Does it have anything to recommend it? Well, it's good for a piss up, although eight pound fifty pints can get in the bin. Jesus. It also works well as white noise on the TV to fill the void left by an absent father. <laughs> Probably due to said absent father, although I tend to attribute it to working from home, I have found myself watching parts of almost every game. I'll probably keep going to games as long as mates suggest it for a day out too. This speaks to the problem you chaps have highlighted. I'm not watching it because I love the competition. It's just there. I find it impossible to be invested in these inverted commas franchises. I say this as a man who loves cricket so much that as a 13-year-old, I went to a fancy dress disco as WG Grace. (laughs) Hard as it is to believe, I was a massive loser then, and my chances of even speaking to a girl were already zero. So this get-up fortunately couldn't make things any worse. I'll leave you to speculate on whether I remain a virgin at the age of 29. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Love the pod. Cheers, Dave. Ah, cheers, Dave. Yeah. Um, I reckon he's fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> With that self awareness, yeah, I think he's. I think he's. I think he's managed to find himself in a situation where that might have happened for him. Um, well, that's those are two, those are two interesting accounts, and I like that. I think that both of those seem very honest. You know, like it. I, I, I sense. I sense the anger and the frustration with the competition, given that there was already a otherwise perfectly good competition, which people who liked the game. Uh, could understand, and it's perfectly good. But I suppose, you know, the same problems we've spoken about many times in the past have existed in that new audiences weren't finding it. And I suppose we don't know if new audiences have found it yet uh, until, like, probably, like, a generation goes by, like, for another, like, 15 years or ten, maybe, sorry, 10 years when, like, today's eight-year-old goes to those games and, like, does he want to play for Oval? Does he want to find I'm himself in, a, in a game? I want to play for Oval. Uh, I want to play for Northern. Uh, for Trent. Uh, Alexander Arnold. Trent. Um, <laughs> Trent is such a great name. Trent. Yeah, just for a Liverpoolian accent. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So you know, like, will, will we will we see the benefits of the hundred? We being England cricket, uh, find the find the benefits of the hundred in sort of ten years time when that eight year old who went to the game today, uh, you know, has come through the system because he he liked the cricket and he would not have found the game otherwise. We don't know the answer to that, but what, the Vitality Blast was good. There's so much flux in the game of cricket right, at, yeah. in the boardroom at the moment. The entire game is... And the re- is <laughs> According to Dave, was it? He's right in. <laughs> yeah, Let's yeah. hope so. Yeah. But the whole game is reorganising itself around, like, um, domestic franchise central contracts well, and, there'll, and there yeah. will be international yeah. windows. And we yeah. don't really see that because we're watching footy at the moment. Um, yeah. Uh, I think that it's... Now, very difficult to judge the um, astuteness of the hundred or the BBL because these are now these are now properties to sell. I think mm-hmm. to the big Indian money. That's yeah, my yeah, yeah. that's my yeah. read. Yeah. Like I'm not fucking from sports pro or or sports business or anything like that. But <laughs> I think that it's like it's now. I, I think in five years or ten years we'll have a better sense of whether these competitions have been um, largely created so that there's something to, to sell to the, to, yeah. to the bigger money. And yeah. so, you know, is it going to be called Oval Invincibles in a couple of years' time? I know that sounds really dramatic, but I, I, that's literally how much change is going on in cricket at the moment. Yeah. Mate, I find uh, two things I want to say. We're just talking about, like David said, like, you know, no one, lo- no one loves this. No, no one loves it. It's, and it, you watch it because it's on, and, that's, and it's good enough, so it's on. I was watching, uh, watching Bairstow, you know, go around the, 
the, he was feeling the boundary there at Manchester and he was chasing after balls and people were fucking like people love Bearstow on the boundary, mm. right? As an example. And now Bearstow has made his name probably in white ball cricket to be fair, but like but you also love him for for what he's done in Test match cricket and becomes a personality. You follow that story. What I'm trying to say is maybe maybe somewhat loosely that people who watch Test cricket. You fall in love with it because there is story and there's narrative and the, the, the very game itself is based on a test of your skill level, your personality. I don't, I don't find that in like in franchise cricket and I find it, I find it incredibly frustrating like all these other other domestic tournaments other being like the main one is the IPL because the, the IPL is the best. It is, it, is, it, it is the magnet for all the best players and of course the best money comes with that. But like... That's that's the highest level, and like every single other domestic tournament that I see, is like basically the same players who are good players. Of course, they're good players, but it's like I don't know why I should care about this when players in every other domestic franchise leave fucking halfway through the thing. You know, like Reese Topley's fully fit, and he's like, "No, I want to get myself ready for the World Cup." Doesn't see value in playing this 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 league uh, for his preparation for an international tournament, which does means something because of international borders and, you know, uh, identity and uh, nationalism. Um, so, I, I f- so like, if players are a bit like, oh, I'll play four games here, five games there, like, it's like, why should I care about this? And I find this with, well, we talk about the talk about the Big Bash a little bit later on, but um, I, I, I find it frustrating with that, like, the, the, the central thing that I like is diminished because I guess it makes more money. Guess it makes more money, but yeah. it's my problem, isn't it? It, it is. It is funny when you watch how much uh, like entertainment and commercial principles kind of um, like sort of drive their way into sport and repackage a sport to mm. to fit those principles. And sometimes sport fights back in the sense that like what you're talking about is competitions need to have the best of something. Like mm. if you're obviously when you watch a test match, it's not always the best players in the world, but it's the best from that country. Yeah. Generally speaking, mm. or like you might like to go and watch a first grade match cause it's the best of that club, <laughs> but you only go and watch twos and threes. If you know people who play twos and threes, yeah. you know, their story. Yeah. You don't really go and watch two. Yeah. Okay. A couple of nonsense will go around and watch <laughs> twos and threes. If like, they just like the game of cricket, yeah. but not that many, you yeah. know. Or and they like, just want to hang around for tea. We're going to get to the BBL draft, but it's the, sa- it's the same thing. Like when you get this sense that you're being sold something that is um, confecting itself as the best, but you know that it's not. It's not. players are going something else, somewhere else and players will eventually ultimately decide if it's worth their while or not. Yeah. Then it, it kind of it, it infects the enjoyment of it. It's very difficult to like mm. confect um, a care about sporting teams when you sense that the very players that would be available for it are rejecting it. It's mm. difficult to do that. And mm. then and that's when you, you know, you try and confect things like tribalism and other, you try yeah. and build in other, other narratives that make you care. But a lot of these T20 tournaments, they've only been around 10 years. It, it, like it takes a long time, you know, to, mm. to do that. So I, I, I don't know. And uh, BBL draft is a good chat for that. I, I reckon. Mm. Uh, well, we'll speak to Barney about uh, just the nature of the test match, I suppose, and also the hundred and English cricket generally. But before we do that, uh, let's talk about Budgie Smuggled Pez. Yeah, Last week up. we announced about the ordinary rig competition. Yep. Uh, for those playing in Australia, we've had the Monsour Ordinaire. Mm. Monsour. Monsour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shake Monsour. Uh, uh, and we've had the ordinary competition in the UK as well before, but yeah. now it's back again in Australia. 
Yeah, banged on about it quite hard last week, but try and put it more succinctly. The yeah, Budgie Smuggler is hosting the ordinary rig competition for Australia in a couple of say a couple of months time, and TJ said there'll, there'll be ten people who are in that final yeah. to be held in Sydney, judged by three as to be yet announced judges. Uh, huge prizes on offer, and Budgie Smuggler have, have tapped us on the shoulder and said we want TGC to have its own representative. We're That's looking right. for the TGC representative for That's ordinary right. rig. Ordinary rig is important, uh, and Budgie Smuggler are sponsoring this because, um, or getting around this because, thirty uh, percent of eating disorders come from men. Uh, so they want to they want to say it's okay to love your body regardless of what it is. So we, there is a serious message behind it. Um, how do you show yourself to have the ultimate ordinary rig? You're good to have beers with. You can still run for a taxi and swing an axe. You look like you were good at sport at some point in your life, but you were prevented by injury or poor coaching selection at a young age. Um, a six-pack uh, on, the, on the abs is, is an automatic disqualification unless you're carrying a six-pack uh, of, of, of beer or a drink of your choice. could be water, I guess. Uh, and if you are the ordinary rig, you um, the, the top ten get flown to, with a friend to Sydney for the weekend. That's the 29th of October. If you win the ordinary rig competition, which, you know, there, there'll be a couple of other nominees, different podcasts maybe, etc. Um, you're going to win $10,000 if you're a judge to be the most ordinary rig. Half of that money will go to you, half the money to um, your sports club or an organisation of your choice. There'll be a billboard in your hometown with welcome to insert hometown, home of Australia's most ordinary rig, to nominate. And I think every club should put a nominee forward for ordinary rig. We've already had a few come through. Um, just get on the Insta uh, or social platform of your choice. Get the hashtag ordinary rig Oz going. So ordinary rig AUS. Tag TJC in as well so we can see you. Tell us why you're the ordinary rig. Uh, and, you know, we're just going to judge it by does it does it make us happy when we read it? Do we nod in approval? Yeah. Uh, Etc. Does it so make us ordinary, happy? Does it make us happy? Yeah. Uh, that's... um. <coughs> So we want you to get around if you're listening. You'll know. You already know if it's you who's your new rig, or you yeah. already, or you'll know someone who should be putting yeah. themselves forward. And I tell you what, it's going to be a pretty good circuit. I've been, we, we, I've emceed that event once. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a very good day. Believe me, in a number, of, in a number of facets, you read into that what you will. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, but regardless, it's a really good cause as well to get around. We're celebrating on rigs all the way around, and also get to the Budgie Smuggler website, budgiesmuggler.com. Pez, it's the end of August, uh, and that means that August hands are here right now. Preseason is mm. upon us. I know it's the end of the season in the in the UK, as well as the US might be the same as well. To be fair, a bit of, bit of major league cricket, um, but uh, but now's the right time to be thinking about your gear as you head into the 2022-23 season. <laughs> if I could count for a second, I went to a Bucks on the weekend. My brain's a little bit fuzzy. Yep. You give us a couple of top line points on the Bucks. Um, mate, nothing, nothing really wild happens. Nothing. I, 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 a couple of top line points on this Bucks during Shane Watson's ad. Okay. Um, went to the races. Uh, put money down on one race. Won that. What time did you start? Ten a.m. Jumped in a limo at ten a.m. Yeah. And then we went to the race course, mm. and we we're there for a good. Uh, what do we call that? Six, seven hours. Mm-hmm. Then went into uh, saw my friend Stan at Lee's Fortuna Court. <laughs> it's actually, is a guy called Stan. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yep, Stanley. Uh, and um, and then popped into the fine establishment of the Crowsness Hotel uh, until actually wasn't that late. Wasn't that late. Mm. I think we're getting back sort of about two. Yep. Something like that. Yep. Back, back, back to the hotel too. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Good, yeah. A good hit out. Gave it a good hit out. Good hit out. And speaking of good hit outs. T20 stars. T20 stars. I'll give you the best hit out in a completely separate sense, not even in any way related. 
But it is the it is it is preseason. August hands are just about to be finished. Getting into September's hands. Now you get into new kit because the season starts in September, doesn't it? He's the first first game of the season. Yeah, first game of the season in Sydney mm. was AFL Grand Final weekend, which is right. the first week of October. Actually, I yeah. think about it. Uh, and if if you want to see some hit, T Twenty Stars social uh, gear is is ramping up too. A lot of Watto stuff playing. Okay, good. Uh, and he's good. got T Twenty Stars gear. Good. And guess what? Else? And I'm, now I'm seeing Mitch Johnson. Are you with some T Twenty Stars? You feel gear. safe about that? Fucking oath, I do. I feel safe. Of course. Yeah, those, those uh, are na- those are names. I feel safe. Uh, Shane, with. But, but, um, Br- Shane Lee and Brettley, I believe, or could be. Yeah, at least Brettley. Yeah. Brettley, Shane Watson, and Mitch Johnson are all lined up to play in some Masters tournaments in India. Oh, really? In a couple of weeks' time, they're all they'll all be brandishing T Twenty Stars. Is that gear. right? Yep. So, oh, yes. So what I was going to oh, be so people taking can, people on, can like get a get a glimpse of this. Yeah, they can re- see this kit firsthand. I mean, if you're not going to the website right now, what is? And I've said this all along. Yeah. What is not fucking around? He's not fucking with T Twenty Stars. You've gear. been saying that for a while, actually. What? What doesn't fuck around with his runs? People think he might have been. He's not. Yeah, he's not. He's, he's going to be walking out with T Twenty Stars kit. He's showing everybody. He's leading the way. Yeah, he's showing that you can use this kit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so is Brett Lee. So is Mitch Johnson. I yeah. see. It says Shane and Brett Lee. They could be Shane Lee and Brett Lee. It could be Shane Watson. Let's say Shane Lee's playing as well. I'd, I'd absolutely tune in for that. And Shane Hill. Uh, uh, and Shane Hill's playing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and uh, <laughs> Saurav Ganguly's in that, so there'll be yeah. eyes on this. Dada's Dada's I don't think he's using T20 Stars gear. I think that's, I don't, that's I don't TBC. Th- that's I don't TBC. think Watto's asked president of the BCCI. Or you don't know that. Yeah, he I don't know. He may have. He's he got friends that. in high places. He does. Dada. He does. Uh, and Shane Watson. And Dada's on his phone all the time. I'm also seeing Shane Watson riding camels uh, for oh, yeah. yeah for the T20 World Cup. Which is fifty days. That could away. also just be a personal situation. You just say, like, that's how he's rounds. getting around. So he's getting. Well, rounds. I think he was in WA, another ball plane. Yeah. So he probably that's it. the camel is how you get around. Well, there. I saw him down in Bronte the other week, and he was yeah. like, he was on a camel. What'd you say to him? What oh? What oh? What oh? It's he's just looking at you. Yeah. What do you say if he sort of he blanks you a little bit? I just I let it go. Oh really? I let it go. You don't say it's it's me, I Ian. I don't want to bother him. It's me, Ian, it's me, from, Ian the from the great cricketer. cricketer. Uh, yeah, I think I remember you guys. Yeah. On Zoom, right? Well, he doesn't. He wouldn't recognise me unless we're, unless we're together. Sort of an at and deck situation. Oh, like um, like a child from after school care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sees 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 the teacher yeah. out in out in no, public that afterwards. Doesn't, that doesn't work. Teacher sees them every day. Every great day. great relationship built. Bond. Really good. Really. I've good literally taught you how to read and write. Yep. To to a large extent. Mm-hmm. Um. Obviously, some developmental stuff going on earlier with books. Trying to read a thousand. Yeah. But uh, you see them out in public. Don't know who this teacher Don't is. Know who that I've, is. That, no. Well out of context, that. Mm-mm. And that's like Watto with you when he's riding a camel in Bondi. Yeah, Bronte. Bronte, sorry. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Fucking I wouldn't say, what, yeah, well, wouldn't say wouldn't what's, him, bro, what's, what's Bondi. Yeah, I wouldn't say him in the Westfield at Bondi on a camel. That's right. It's ridiculous. Upstairs, downstairs cargo. <laughs> anyway, T20 yeah, stars. stars. Get 15% off uh, using TGC15. <laughs> TGC15. 15% off the full T20 stars range. They're all using it. Here's Barney Ronnie. I've heard whispers. I've heard whispers. I've heard whispers. But whispers in the showers, 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 in the
with a comically large penis. Penis. Comically large penis. Penis. The Greek god of cock, Baz. Fuck my face. Fuck my, fuck my face. Puppet master. Baz. Fuck my face with a pretty penis. Baz. Puppet master. Baz. Baz. The Greek god of cock, Baz. The shape of it. Penis. Mythology. Mythology. That was Baz. Penis. 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 Baz. The Greek god of cock. And the showers. Fuck my face. Baz. With a pretty penis. Mythical bug. Mythical bug. Mythical bug. Baz. That mythical bug. Baz. The great god of cock. Baz. Comically large. Comically, comically, comically large. Baz. To the comically large penis. (laughs) (laughs) You know the type. Yeah. Absolute myth. It's a myth. Okay, very lucky, as always, to have Barney Ronne from The Guardian. He's just returned from Old Trafford a few extra days back in his pocket due to the quick finish in the test match Barney we haven't had heaps of coverage of it over here but apparently some review of England cricket has landed uh via Andrew Strauss Sir Andrew Strauss did it publish through his blog or something like that uh perhaps you could fill in for us what he reviewed what it turned up what's going to happen now is England cricket going to be good oh yeah it was he published a blog um and I have to say I'm not I'm not convinced Andrew Strauss has much of a a future as a blogger, you know, if this was something he were to look to explore, to build an audience, you know, a, vo- a unique and new voice, it probably wouldn't really work out. I mean, the, the review itself is, is um, there's kind of nothing there. So you can't really get upset about it. It contains no edge. It's a lot of words um, that sound like someone who's probably done six months of their first job as a management consultant. And I know Strauss occupies this kind of unique position in English cricket where everything he says is good and okay and right and independent. And he he seems to be consulting on things that he himself has been involved in causing, but that's fine because he's, there's always Andrew Strauss to you know, to solve the problem that generations of Andrew Strauss being involved has caused. It's an amazing gig and I don't know how you get it. Uh, you, you presumably you need to sound confident, have a loud voice, and have been involved with cricket for a long time. So I honestly don't know what his qualification is to decide exactly what should happen. But everyone is convinced that if you put Strauss on the front of anything, it seems independent and good and that we can trust. If you'd called it the Strauss 100, we wouldn't have heard a peep out of it. We'd just say that's fine because it's a Strauss product. But uh, it was kind of interesting. It says that they're going to play a bit of Red Bull cricket during the 100, which just seems like, why wouldn't you do that? Um, so that's good. Uh, there's some stuff about the ball. They're going to do something with the ball. Uh, but it doesn't mention the 100 at all because this is the elite performance cricket review and presumably it doesn't fall within any of those words as a thing. So there's no mention of the 100, which is the big thing, you know, blocked out the whole of August. Uh, and it's pushing itself as a consultation document. We're not, we're, not here to, we're not here to tell you what to do. We want to hear from you to the counties which is, is obviously the line. And Rob Key even he said on television, we'll hear back from the counties and then it'll be judgment day. And it was hard to work out what he meant by, if he was referring to the film, the Terminator film, what that means to him or to the Old Testament. But apparently there's a vision of judgment day that will happen when some frightened kind of uh, compromised county executives go along with what they're being told to do 
by Andrew Strauss's management consultant document. So that's my analysis of what will happen next. Um, obviously, this is all just entertainment. This is all the television show. I can't remember the last time a test captain had a documentary about him, maybe Hansi Kronje. Um, so I guess to that point, is all sport fixed? And, uh, and was Stokes' 100 just part of the marketing budget for his film? <laughs> yeah, they used to say with both of them, who writes your scripts whenever he did anything? But Stokes literally <laughs> yeah. does have someone writing a script and putting it on television. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the documentary is sort of good and, like, it's really good that he's... I mean, what's unique about him is that people... A lot of sports people talk about mental health now. It's kind of in the dialogue, which is good. But Stokes is talking about it during his career and while he's England captain and while he's achieving amazing things, which I think is a really valuable model because uh, often if you suffer with any... I mean, everyone suffers from anxiety. People suffer from genuine mental health problems. You feel like you can't do anything. Um and or, you, or your your life tends to fall apart. You feel you can't, you know, people people drop off a cliff. But there is something valuable in the fact that this person, young men particularly, genuinely look up to and admire and see as strong and having all these traditional manly virtues. That's a word I use advisedly. Um, is is also very open about this stuff. And you could see in that documentary, he, um, yeah, he really really behind a kind of glaze of some real problems at times there. But he's. He's still managing to carry on with life and be nice to the people around him and succeed at things, which is a good, positive example. So, um, And he was amazing in this test match, I thought. Um, he captained well. Uh, he did some bit of funky stuff with his feel, but not too much of it. They they, they did traditional bowl in the channel English stuff. He scored a really classy hundred where for once he didn't look like he was, you know, batting uh, on a kind of heavy speed come down, but instead just played kind of nice innings he got some sort of um shock wickets it was all really good and he had good vibes as well there was a brilliant scene on the second evening where he'd, he'd scored 100 England gonna win the game and there's tv shots of Stokes on the balcony wearing like Noel Gallagher shades hair back um <laughs> tattoo sleeves out beautiful sun like the sun the light late August light next to McCullum sort of beard shades and in the background <laughs> Stuart Broad hanging around in a singlet, sort of getting in the shot. Like you feel, I, said, I pointed that to Vic and Big Mark. And he said, yes, I often feel with Stuart, not many things happen that aren't deliberate. And I'm just kind of there, I'm, I'm the guys, this is good, I'm in part of this. And, but, you know, it just was a really nice moment for him. It all looked great. They look beautiful. These are like wonderful pictures and what a, what a nice feeling for him. And so that was good. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a very uh, strong uh, aesthetic. Sorry. sorry, Barney, go on. Yeah, it was. It was very moving and I felt very drawn to it. wanted to freeze for it, screenshot it and just keep it somewhere. But it it was also a good game. Uh, You always question with Test cricket these days. I never used to. You you don't question the divine. You know, this this is Test cricket. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. It's Test cricket. You you question the standard. And I found myself doing that a bit with these tests. Um, Dean Elgar said he wanted three hard tests. And that hasn't happened. They've had two pretty soft tests that one team has just won quite easily. I mean, hopefully the decider will be and you, you worry about the standard are they really are they really invested in this South Africa made a real mistake in this test they, they earmarked two spinners for Old Trafford so they, they then won the toss and still picked two spinners they dropped Marco Janssen who looked brilliant in the first game and suddenly their attack went from looking really really amazing you know these guys are all taking their wickets at 20 in tests to looking pretty poor and England declared and Harmer uh, just looked like a bloke, to be honest, didn't look that great. England's attack looked pretty samey as well. There's a lot of 
right arm, uh, you know, stuff. And they're all quite old. And Ollie Robinson's another one of them. England, Jack Leach. I watched Jack Leach throughout this game. He, he's like, I really admire him. He's got a good test record. He literally didn't turn a single ball off the straight. Like, if you want, if you, Jack Leach, if you have one of those statues, they have statues of like old batsmen in bronze, like playing a forward defensive. If you put that <laughs> statue on like middle and leg, Jack Leach could not dismiss that statue. It would bat for three days against him because the ball just keep hitting his bat. It's it's kind of amazing that England have this spinner who doesn't turn the ball. You sort of wonder how it's... There's 55 million people in the country. And it's just an odd thing. So you, I wondered slightly about that, if um, if Test cricket is good and if I'm allowed to enjoy this or if I have to talk about uh, Test cricket is dying um, again. But Old Trafford was full and it was loud and the party stand was good and there was a good atmosphere. It felt like it felt... It's this thing that feels alive... Even as though, even while we feel it's dying, which is a strange feeling all around. Bunny, um, you wrote about this in your most recent piece, um, Rob Key. I forget his title, MD England Cricket, basically the the guy. Um, he lobbed on Sky in his new role to give a bit of a state of the nation update following Andrew Strauss's blog, um, and. You mentioned that he, he looked slim and he had the ice white trainers and England's won five from six. You know, everyone's happy and and they're trying to take the game to unforeseen new heights and places. Like it's it's a scary cricket world out there at the moment. Like is the change under Rob Key change that, that England cricket can believe in? Uh, well, you can definitely believe in it because he's very credible and very likable. And everything he says, it's kind of like you're just talking to a mate of yours who's saying, have you seen... See what's going on in the cricket. It looks a bit, looks a bit bad, doesn't it? I mean, he, he, everything he says, you kind of go, yeah, you're right, Rob. That is a problem. Who's, who's going to solve it then? What are we going to do? At one point, he said that he'd seen, a, he'd seen a tweet, and it said that Middlesex have only played four days of cricket in August. That can't be right, can it? And you're kind of thinking, you, you saw a tweet, did you, uh, uh, Mr. Managing <laughs> Director? He, he is. I, I don't know what his day is like. I don't know what he does. Does he just get up and think, oh no? Everything's broken. I've got to try and fix it. What what do I do? Does he have a team of people organising his brief, um, or is he? I mean, just a possibility. Is he just um, you know a nice guy who people believe in, who's quite good at fronting up a ship that's sinking for the uh, Strauss-powered kind of puppet masters, you know, behind him and the, the World Economic Forum? I'm not sure. It's one of those two things. But he's very nice and he's very credible. And I think if he actually had any agency, you'd have faith that things could be good because he seems to want all the right things. But it comes down to the thing of what people can actually do and who is in charge of anything. And is it just um, seven-month IPL season and lots of talking in the margins of that um, is what I feel when I look at him. Um, I um I feel like sometimes there's there's like sprouts of something good with the England team. And and, and one of those I feel like is, is Ben Folks' 100 in this test match where – some, that's that's a really good thing that's happened. And I feel like with folks, maybe it's laziness on my behalf, Barney, but I don't really know much about folks other than he's from Surrey and he's very good looking. And and um and I get lost in that a bit, like like a bit how like Beckham was actually a really good footballer, but he was so good looking that it's like I don't really know what he does. Um but but folks' hundred is remarkable because he is so good looking. And also that's an important hundred is what I'm trying to say loosely. <laughs> yeah, it was he's a really sweet guy. He kind of 
he's actually a good person because he's he's a good example because he's come from outside the private school system. He's a guy basically got into playing at a club in Essex club in Essex. He's, he's a normal bloke um, and a very good kid. He's very popular in the team, really sort of nice fellow. We had a press conference with him after his hundred and I, I kind of I was just sort of listening into it. I wasn't really engaging with it, but he said some things that I kind of felt disappointed with. He said, oh, you know, I, I was pleased to get 100 because test cricket's really hard. And I realised that after my first 100, that it was really hard. I kind of thought, really? You've got 215 <laughs> games. Like, Josh Butler's got two in 57. Say something like, yeah, well, you know, I'm just really glad because people talk about people who aren't in the team and look at me. You know, he's very, he's very soft pedal. He's got a lovely haircut. Um, yeah. He looks kind of like one of those aging boy band guys who's released a, a book where he talks about the pain he went through, but he's now bouncing back. <laughs> he's that exactly. He said he goes out at seven thinking he can score a 40. That's his ambition. I want to go out and score 40s with the tail. I can't thought, really? Like if I was his, his batting coach, I'd be grabbing him by the lapel saying, you know, come on, you know, you're better than that. Um, you've got 200, you scored 100 against Anrik and Nokia. And I do think he was helped slightly by the spin. Uh, I think South Africa felt they had to bowl spinners. They had to bowl and they picked them. You've got to bowl these guys. Uh, and it was a second day pitch. And uh, folks has struggled with really quick bowling. You know, a couple of dismissals there, a couple of overs against Nokia. Where I felt like I was watching me facing people who bowl 75 miles an hour. You know, when you're just <laughs> sort of playing a shot, and you're a little bit late on it. And to be fair, he's facing a guy who's bowling 96, 97 miles an hour. Um, actually, Nokia was in the same press conference. He was just before Stokes. And I, sorry, folks. And I really enjoyed sitting in a room with him, just feeling his his energy. Because he is he is such a taciturn Dutchman. They they asked him about the selection, the spinners. And they said, you know, what do you want to say? What do you think? They picked these spinners. It was a preconceived idea. Do you think it was a good idea? Would you back it? Would you do it again? And his face just slightly drained and darkened as the guy was asking this question, which was slightly hostile. And the final bit was, do you, do you back that selection? And he just went, yeah, 100%. <laughs> and, <that was> it. <laughs> and you just kind of shrunk like, okay. <laughs> Thanks, Patrick. Um, so that was enjoyable. Um, and I hope, I, I'm hoping the over will be a quick pitch because I want to see that South African attack, you know, properly going at England in a decider. That, that, that would actually be genuinely quite exciting, I think. Of course, all of that's just, it's just leading Barney. Um, you also wrote recently that the, the England team was, was just blokes, dudes, cool guys being cool. Um, and so the win versus South Africa was, was, it was great because it was it was it was basball, but it was sort of balanced basball a bit as well. You know, Stokes' innings was a bit more tempered, albeit still quite quick and and um, and dominant at times. Um, but all of it just leads us to the only series that matters. Um, England would be favourites for the for the Ashes in ten months at home, wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah, I mean, probably if they can keep this. Bowling attack together. I mean, yeah, Broad's 36. Anderson will turn 41 during the Ashes. I mean, he's got 24 wickets at 18 this summer. And he is amazing. I mean, he does not look... His, he's so fit and his run-up's so good. And he just looks amazing. Uh, and he's got such control. You do think, well, he can just keep doing this forever. Um, but if he can be fit for that... And, I mean, Broad was interesting in this test in that they did a very clever thing of not giving him the new ball, which made him very angry. 
um, and angry broad is is the best broad. And then in the second innings, he came on third change. It was like let's let's go harder. Let's make broad even more angry. And he spent this. He was very funny in this game. He spent the whole game really, really trying to assert himself in a way that made him quite useful. I think Stokes is really playing him really well because you want that broad who needs to be vindicated is the best broad. Um, he there was a funny thing that happened um, while Stokes was batting. Stokes did a uh, he did a symbol he did a signal to the balcony, um, which was kind of like a bird's wings like that, and Broad apparently was like oh my god he's telling me I need to pad up, it's Nighthawk he's talking about the Nighthawk so Broad ran off trying to get his pads on and get I've got ready to go, but Stokes was actually signalling for an energy drink he wanted a Red Bull Red Bull gives you wings. <laughs> And it was um, it was a slight misconception, but it's just great that Broad has become this kind of doting doting figure. Um, he he he. At one point uh, in the, on the final day, he was um, we noticed a drinks break. He went down on one knee and he was doing something really dramatic with it. He had people around him. He was like, "What's Broad doing?" And he was folding his headband like a samurai in preparation to come on and bowl. And, and the whole thing needed people to help him. And it, it was such a huge performance, a piece of theatre. Um, he was very funny for the whole test, but but he is again 36, and can they can they keep going towards the ashes? Uh, you know, maybe maybe I, I think they probably would be favourites right now if they could they can keep the whole momentum of the thing going. Um, partly because I have no idea what kind of state Australia's test team is in, because I don't know who actually plays for Australia these days and what it looks like, what it feels like, if it's still the same bowlers or what. Mm. Um, last one, Barney. Um, so I think everyone accepts the future of cricket is just club over country, um, central franchise contracts, diminishing international windows. Is England well-placed for this uh, new way of cricket? Will the Oval Invincibles soon become the Oval Super Kings? Uh, and, and, and do you embrace that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, we have the 100 on here. I'm sure you're, you're glued to it as well. I mean, it's hard not to be here because it's just it's like this wallpaper that's there all the time. I try to watch it, um, but it, it seems like Stoinis is always batting and someone is excited about something. And that's it. And there are colours. The, the colours all seem to blur green. There's all green and red. Uh, there are logos. Uh, and it's kind of hard to know what's happening. A lot of the players have now left to go play in the 60, which is slightly odd. Um, Welsh fire signed Ish uh, Sodi as an emergency overseas replacement after they've lost every game and they can't go anywhere in the competition. But presumably they think that Ish Sodi will bring in uh, the new audience that we require. Um, I don't know, it's just kind of happening. I hear that TV figures are not great, but they have invested so much in this thing uh, that it just it just has to happen. And, and cricket is good. So, you know, maybe, maybe, it will, maybe it will work in some way. By the way, I thought you were going to ask me about the players' smoking zone. Which um, is an official <laughs> zone at Old Trafford, which has its own sign, and literally is the players' smoking zone as well. I walked, I went down there a few times to check it out, and it really was the players' smoking zone. Um, does this happen anywhere else? I'm not sure I've seen it. I've, no, I've never seen it anywhere else before. I saw it on your Twitter, and I was like, I don't. I, what, what is that? Why, why is that there? Is that is that part of a marketing campaign? Uh, are we? <laughs> is it an advertising budget? I don't know who is who is in there. Well, I did see, I saw a couple of disconsolate middle order batsmen down there um, <laughs> who you kind of expect like solitary figures, yeah. you know, smoking kind of fits with that vibe, smoking on your yeah. own, not socially, but on your own. Um, yes. And then there was one unfortunate occasion where I went down there and 
the South African pace attack was there. Um, and it was a minute, it was tea time actually, shirts off. Uh, those guys do a lot of, they do a lot of conditioning, a lot of maybe a lot of kind of, uh, you know, weights, bit of uh, kind of, um, they're, they're in good shape. I, I left quickly, basically, and my message to other people <laughs> descending the stairwell was, just don't don't go down there. It's it's not good. You won't feel good at the end of it. Blonde hair, otherwise, this thing is fucking limbs. Fuck yes, Cameron Green. He fucking bad. He fucking. This is safe. This is safe. Camp Reigns to He is a monster. He is a monster. Camp Reigns to Bettis. You look at that freak. You look at that freak. You look at that monster. Cameron Green. This is safety. Thank you very much to Barney for his time. Um, yeah, onto the real shit now. Pez, I, I was I was just thinking about Barney and like which yeah. I, I say this with 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 all of our all of our guests that come on the show. It doesn't matter if it's Herschel Gibbs, doesn't matter if it's Barney Ronnie, doesn't mm. matter if it's Pete Hatziglou. Yep. We're, we're privileged to for people to give the time to give us a time of day. And then I think about sometimes like you know, does Barney want to be in this show? If I'm you know sort of talking about you know doing some dick tricks or something, or just in the other parts of the show, and then is he happy with that? Well, it's clear he's not. Lis- he's not listening. He's not. He doesn't. Yeah, yeah. That's that's clear. I think he actually says he listens every week. <laughs> One, when, um, just specifically, I know you might have just been saying that as a kind of a pronumeral example, but when have you been talking about dick tricks? Um, like your own dick tricks? No, nah, I'm not really not really a dick tricksman. But you said really. I'm not really a dick tricksman. Does that mean? You've you've done it before? No, I've never done it before. Yeah, right, right. Never done it before. It was more just an idea. It was, it was yeah. more of a, a, a motif that, you know, yeah, of yeah, the yeah. things spoken about on this show, which are yes. wild and loose and free and raw and mm. truthful. We mm. like to think a representation of the people playing club cricket who are getting pumped by 527 runs mm. of a Saturday afternoon. Mm. The BBL draft, speaking of getting pumped, <clears throat> I don't really know what that means just yet, but I'll figure it out later. Um, they had the draft the other night, Pez. Um, maybe I think you're in the best position to talk about this because I was fucking deep into a Bucks hangover. Yeah. Uh, but you watched this. Yeah, the fear. You wa- uh, Yeah, I was, get- I was getting the... The uh, draft might have been a good thing to watch. Would have woken you up. There's some fucking colours about. Was there? Yeah. Was there? I mean, re- look, okay. Get Sunday scaries. Listen. Listen, it's fucking wet. The Sunday scaries. You know, I get the Sunday scaries. No, yeah, it's not at all. It's actually a fucking. It's a genuine chemical <laughs> episode. Yeah. Um. Okay. First thing I want to say about about the BBL. What's draft the first thing, mate? Is like, I think, I think the BBL is a really easy fucking competition to kick while it's, it's a whipping down boy. at the moment. Oh, no, just at boy. the moment. Like it's easy to do. It's late. I think it's lazy to do. Uh, and okay, a bit of feedback there for me. <laughs> and, and and I just want to say I'm lazy. 
And I'm what hey, I'm, I'm up there. Yeah. Um I mean I was uh, they've put a lot of um like communications resource into the BBL draft. Yeah. And like, you know, I here's a I don't know, here's an analysis. Like we we and a lot of people in Australia talk about the BBL a lot. Um, because at some level people do care about it. You know, it's not a popular thing to say, but people do want to see it succeed and it has succeeded before and we have enjoyed it at various times and people have some pretty, I guess, strong ideas about how to revive it. But I think Mm -hmm. everybody would like to see it thrive. Uh, It just, it exists in a really ever dynamic, moving, complicated environment. And you can't say, you can't say that there aren't like initiatives to try and get it going. Some of them have been gimmicky, some of them um, less so, some of them haven't worked at all. And, you know, it's one of those things where, like, because the last few efforts to breathe a bit of life into the BBL with with some gimmicky rules and stuff haven't gone well, people are going to look at the BBL draft and because it's social media and we just scroll and it's lazy and we love being fucking, you know, post-ironic and stuff, Mm -hmm. you can give that – you you can be – a little bit rude towards that as well. But I think the BBL draft as an idea has a lot more substance to it mm-hmm. than, than timing some bloke out who's not out in the field in 60 seconds. You know what I mean? Oh, or yeah, like yeah, not yeah. changing ends and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was willing to give it a go. And like I, I watched it for half an hour before we had to interview Barney. Yeah. Uh, so as we go to air, that was a sun, that was a Sunday night. And, um, I was, uh, I, I, I I thought it pitched itself right at the right level of where the BBL is. Like it, it, it is open to a bit of fun. It doesn't take itself too seriously, mm-hmm. but there are still there are still nerd list managers with spectacles on pretending it's AFL, and that's great. That's great for me yep. sitting at home yep. watching. Um, Fox gave it the full TV production. That's also Good. kind of funny, mm-hmm. and um, and. I sort of got the feeling like if you have an AFL background, like you're really going to understand the nuances and culture and movements around drafts and, you know, first pick, second pick retention and shit like that. And if you're not from an AFL state, you're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. What's this shit? Yes. Um, um, but it was an interesting, it, it, it was his own TV experience. And like, um, I, the, I, I guess I couldn't, stop thinking about just the general aesthetic of it while I was watching. Okay. Like I wasn't thinking too much about who's going to go where and who's going to be the first pick and whatever. I'm yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. I tuned in and I'm like, well, first thing is I noticed it's like, it felt like they were in this um, like restricted dungeon, uh, a narrow black kind of hallway uh, that ran lengthways with a lot of like um, a lot of lights around and and a motif you mentioned before of like yellow and black hazard kind of hazard um, oh, okay. stripes you know like like do not enter kind yeah. of stylings so like Doctor v- Doctor Evil's lair it was that, a, that it was lairish yeah. they were in a lair yeah um, <laughs> now I'm I'm into yeah, this now and, yeah and it, it was sort of half a lair and half um, <laughs> like a game show style presentation interesting even okay. Howie with respect to him did he was well. hosting yeah Howie and Kath Logden they always do a good job always. they're great professionals you know tr- truly and like um, um, and he even used that word I feel like I want to he didn't say, I feel like I'm on a fucking game show, but <laughs> it would be funny if how he said that. I think how would be great on like the 12th man. If he, uh, <sighs> you, you, don't, you get the feeling he wouldn't swear very much at all. Cause again, a professional. And um, so I don't want to like get into full detail of laying it out, but they're sort of running 
they were in like pews almost, like sort of sort of like how a family would congregate around a panel like on a game show. You know what I mean? There was six oh, okay. of them, six per team yep. running backwards and like yep. and then Name wh- tags. while the um while the actual like the the picks were going on and how he's going from table to table according to who had the next pick, okay. there was this underbed of like like almost like a heartbeat. Just going to do, oh, do, right. do, 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 do. Like, so, so like, um, so like, uh, who wants to be a millionaire? It is. It was like, who yeah. wants to be a millionaire? Like, yeah. yeah. Dun, dun. And, and that combined with like a big brother eviction. I feel like someone was a, yeah, it feels, yeah, you know, I got it. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, I feel like, so, uh, I felt it was like, yeah, it was obviously designed to create suspense, you know, the the, the powers that be at Fox are like, okay, we've got to, we've got to fill in a little bit here bit because it's really just like, and the other good bit about it, depending on, you know, how you see these things in terms mm. of the aesthetic, was mm-hmm. it like, the, I love the contrast of the draft ostensibly being about these great international players who are now available to play in the BBL. And I was more interested in the yesterday's heroes sitting at each panel oh, yeah, that I, yeah, I remembered yeah. from my youth. I'm like, that's Sean Bradstreet. <laughs> that's Wade Seckham. You know, like there's Tim Cruikshank. He yeah. played for Manly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, is that Bo Casson? He's yeah. looking good. Yeah. You know? Hey, there's Hodgie on Fox. That's funny. <laughs> Did Channel 7 let Ricky Ponting do this Fox thing? That's funny. That's good. I like it. They're all friends. Yeah. You know, I like that. And it was a, that was a funny contrast of, okay. uh, of the BBL. And then the other thing I noticed was, yeah, you know, if you want to work out who, which players went to which team, you can do that. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, they had... They seem to have all of the platinum players lined up on Zoom, and they kept kind of accidentally like they kept like bringing them on screen when they were picked for a team, and they're just looking down the camera, smiling, just sort of nodding, like audio off. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and but the the thing that um was I suppose interesting from a more issues perspective was like all of the chat was around like. Who's going to pick up Andre Russell? <laughs> Who's going to pick up Faf Duplessis? <laughs> Who's going to pick up Kyron Pollard? Like mm. three of the best T20 yes. players in the world. They are preeminent And players. like what I thought was interesting, because it probably runs counter to the narrative and what they're trying to build, is like um, it, it wasn't until Perth Scorchers literally passed on their platinum pick. Ooh. Like they didn't – they just – they literally chose not to select someone. Yeah. Um, and Would you they, prefer this player or nothing? And how, how he's like, I think Kath said that's extraordinary, which is right. Um, and how he obviously goes up to was Adam Vogues, Vogues, Vogesy and said, like, why? And he, it, this was, I, I looked at my watch as I want to do. And it's like, yeah. it had been 29 minutes into the presentation. Yeah. And he's just like, availability. He's just like, the, he's like, I would rather get guys who are, Gonna oh. be around for the tournament, oh. you know, <laughs> like, and so it was like that was the great, the great unsaid thing of the presentation, which yeah, is like, yeah. um, and I don't think it was part of like th- this gambit that like these names would sell the tournament, but mm. these teams, and it's mm. kind of again, it's sport fighting back, like yeah. the sports teams are like. We want to win. I prefer someone to play in the games. Yeah. Can we have 11 <laughs> yeah. on the field? Yeah, like I'm not here to sell, um, to, to like market my club around a big player for like four games. Isn't that funny, mate? Fuck off to isn't another that, tournament. Isn't that funny? And like, so it was a, like, it's really, it's quite interesting. Like I, I, I think everyone's trying their best to breathe life into this thing. Yeah. And it's not an easy thing to do. It's easy to kick it while it's down, but it's like, it was kind of cool that these clubs were like, I'm not, 
I'm not picking Faf Duplessis because he's gone. Like yeah. after a few There's games, no value in that. I'd rather yeah. like a County Twos guy who sort of whacks it around a bit, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who's going to play eleven games. I'm not naming any names there. Yeah, but uh, you know that I, I thought that was I thought we get Simon Harmer. <laughs> <laughs> harsh. He's had, harsh. He's had, he's had a hard show, so yeah, that's harsh. Uh, so yeah, I thought that was um, a really interesting. <laughs> he's had a hard show. <laughs> he's, had a hard, he's had a hard day. It's not even here. Oh uh, yeah, I've uh, never mentioned him before, mate. It's, it's funny. It's funny, is it? Because I don't. Sorry, I it's don't, a long expose. No, mate. I, I don't. I don't care who wins the big bash every year. I don't. I don't care. Yeah. But like, but if if Faf was playing for Perth or something, I'd be like, oh, that's that's cool. Like, that's good. So it's like. I do this show, and I said this last week. It's, like, it's not a good day for TJC that Faf's not coming over either. That was yes, a fucking yeah, really good chance well, we yeah. had there. Yeah, anyway. that's true. That's true. Think about mm. the listeners. Mm. Think about us. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's yeah. When you put it perfectly, like the but the teams like playing in the competition that the administrators and the the money people like mm. want people to watch. The nerds the people, with glasses the, who know who, who money ball it. it. People are in it. They're yeah. like Jonah Hill. Nah. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, fuck, Brad Pitt looks sensational in that movie. Oh, I mean, every movie, every movie, every movie, every movie. Every movie, every movie, every movie. Oh, come on. Um, you know, they're just like, no, I just want, the, I want players to play the, so we can win the thing. Yeah. But no one cares who wins the thing. Yeah. Just give me, just well, give me the fucking. It's Ocean's Twelve. You know, who's in? The, who's in? Who's in this one? To, like, to be fair to the BBL, give me an all-star it's a, cast. It's another like kind of incongruous, contrasting thing. Like, BBL is probably the one competition in Australian domestic cricket that teams play to win as in if you think about Sheffield Shield or mm. like or, or um, one day cricket like a lot of the mm. teams are project teams you know mm. like, like not always like I know the Vicks have always played to win and 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 then they have won a lot especially recently but mm-hmm. a lot of players a lot of teams are sort of guys who might play for Australia or um, or or bringing guys through or mm. things like that whereas the BBL is like that, that it has some integrity because all of the clubs are, are there to win at that moment. It's not about winning next year or we're building a list for later mm. or even the international teams are like that sometimes. Like it's one tournament where it's like we, we're playing to win these games well, of cricket. New South Wales famously pick players they only think can play for Australia. Yeah. They, they have no interest in like if you can make a better team of players mm. to win the Shield, they have no I wouldn't say they have no interest in that, but their priority is to um, create players that play for Australia, create them in a lab. Uh, it's a biology experiment they got there at the SCG. Other notes I had were Kawaja is watch guy displaying his watch just so, and um, Brad Hodge kept staring at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, he looked like, like he looks Jim good. from the office. Well, everyone, everyone else is pretending <laughs> to do something, you yeah. know, like everyone, like the camera's like right on the, you know, the light would be behind them, like, yeah. and the cameras are coming over, like it's a, uh, I don't know, like some sort of event or dinner or something like the Oscars, yeah, and like uh, everyone's sort of just pretending they're sort of being part of something and they're talking to someone or their head's down riding and Hodge is just following the camera. <laughs> at it. And, I, and, I liked, and I liked it. I liked it. Yeah. So, uh, mate, that's my take on the BBL draft. And uh, then, yeah, a couple of players went to different things and I don't know. Yeah. I would like to see more sort of Oscar stuff with a bit of slapping gear. I don't oh, know. I, one, uh, one more thing to be fair um, to the BBL. As I was watching it, I actually thought, you know, one thing the BBL struggles to do is, and we're talking about this before, is like it's hard to confect your a fe- feeling for a team, especially when the best players don't play there. Like, how do you get someone invested in a, a city or a town or 
you know, create family connections or know about the movement of a team and what, what the stories are that can, that bind you to it. In the BBL, it's hard to do that because it's blobby for us, you know, for older people. It's like walk yeah. in, it's on, let, you know, the, the David was talking about this over, just you let it wash over you. Right. You're not there connecting with that team or going, oh, he's playing well or he's injured or he's exactly. having a fight with him. Yeah, yeah. He's sleeping with him, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Nice. Um, but the BBL draft provided a little bit of that. By watching for half an hour, mm-hmm. you did get to see a little bit of interplay between, like, you, you got to see who was in the back office of that team and, okay. like, who are, the, who are the old guys associated with it or what's the way they think about it. Perth seemed to be really, um, you know, that they seemed to have a really clear idea of what sort of team they wanted to create. Sixers were the same. Others probably a little bit more name-based and, mm-hmm. you know, like... That's not going to be for everybody, but at least it was. It's some kind of initiative they're doing to bind people to, and and create a little bit of narrative around their team. But yeah, you know, that's true. Indian money is a fucking semi trailer, and it's all going to be sold. So yeah, whatever doesn't matter. Yeah. Speaking of which, mate, what the fuck's the sixty? What what is that? Ah, What's oh, okay? <laughs> First of all, it's, it's in the West Indies. Yeah, uh, and it's it's ten overs a side, but it's called the sixty. And I looked at it before, and they're up to the semi final stage. Every batting team has six wickets in in place of ten in the other formats. Batting teams can unlock a floating third power play by hitting two sixes in the initial two-over power play. Teams will bowl five consecutive overs without changing an end. There'll be no switching of ends after each over. If teams fail to bowl their ten overs within 45 minutes, a fielder will be removed for the final six balls. Fans will be able to vote for a mystery-free hit via an app or website or phone call. <laughs> Are the best players playing? Is is cock in this one? (laughs) (laughs) Didn't fancy the test series against England. Have a look at the 60. I fucking phoned a friend for what ball's going to be bowled next. Fuck me, mate. You know, you know my issue with like creep generally in in terms of like media. Radiohead song. That's right. It was a fucking banger. Yeah. Um, like like creep of technology and and media into the sporting arena. I've like what I'm talking about is like players doing interviews like mid over. Like we're about to get fucking spider cans about to come down mid 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 uh, mid over. Mate, what's he doing with it? You know th- those sort of interviews, and it's like you don't get anything like you know players being interviewed at half time in 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 rugby and football matches. You know just like what are they going to say? Uh, but now like we're now players have a choice of what they what the players have to do to perform on the field. I mean, isn't that, it feels like it's fucking really open to match fixing. Now I think about it. I mean, players aren't even allowed their phone. Now fucking fans are texting in. Mate, what what the, ball should we bowl? the fuck are we talking about? I've got to say. What like, the fuck is this shit? Everything that's been happening in the last couple of months since the, you know, $6.2 billion right. media rights deal with the IPL. Like, that's in the one colour. In the one colour. In the USD. Yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah, greenback. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Is it in one colour? It's in one colour. Um, <laughs> you know, against that backdrop to look at some highlights and see, and see an umpire like... Hold their fucking <laughs> fingers up to their their ear and their mouth in like the time honored signal for a phone call. Right, right, right. You know, like the yeah. shuckers, like but shuckers, just by your yeah. face and right. not not moving your fingers. Well, it's also like that. That's actually like the flip bone, flip flying era as well. Where like you had this, yeah, you, to flip it. And yeah. your, your pinky's the the flip bit. You know? I mean, I got to say, like you think about that. You just think about that that moment where an umpire does that, and you think about W. G. Grace hitting one of his pads. And how where you cricket's mean, doc, gone, Doctor Grace? Doctor Grace. <laughs> <laughs> What's the game going to look like in 120 years? Yeah. Umpires go, yeah, call in. Yeah. We call in Dre Russell. What's up? Dre Russell ball a knuckleball. Sort of like, just <laughs> what? Yeah, uh, Marge, should be Marge's good. dress. Just keep repackaging it. Should be good. Should be good. Hey, Australia played against Zimbabwe at Townsville. Oh, yeah. uh, Zimbabwe all at 200. Australia got that five down, 33 overs. Mac- Glenn Maxwell had enough. 
He had enough. 32 off nine balls in the end. Renick as well. Uh, the next two games are Wednesday and Saturday. Um, a nice moment at the start here, Pez. It was a tribute to Andrew Simons. This is the first time Australia's played in uh, at home or at all since Andrew Simons passed away. Um, and obviously he was a, a Queenslander in this game being played in Townsville in the north of Queensland there. Uh, his two kids ran drinks for Australia. They also sat in a dugout during Australia's innings, so nice nice touches there. Um, but, uh, yeah, to, to the game itself, uh, the headline the headline is that Chris Green took his first – Cameron. Fucking hell. Fucking yeah. hell. How time's going to do that? Cameron Green. Um, Be Cam- good if Chris Green. Yeah, true. Uh, Chris Green v. Ben, St- ben Fuchs. You got – For what? Well, you know what. <laughs> Sisters, I'm just watching. Um, uh Cameron Green took his first five for, for Australia. Five for 33. Pez wouldn't say, wouldn't say he ran through him. <laughs> hey, it's good to see. He's two metres. You know, you know he's two metres high. Yeah. He's not tall. He's two metres high. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's all good. It's all going in one direction. Um, but, uh, you know, five of these wickets with blokes was absolutely trying to take him down, and they miscued all of them, and he was caught. Yeah. They've got four in the outfield. Stark took one at mid-on, uh, skied. So uh, five for thirty-three. Uh, Zampa was the next best bowler, three fifty-seven. Uh, but uh, I guess I guess it was good. You know, actually, my main takeaway from this Pez is that Zimbabwe's kit is fucking delicious, yeah, sensational. Oh, and also, I really like Australia's kit. I like this kit. I didn't like it when we tried to go for the retro stuff during the twenty nineteen World Cup and the year after that. I thought that was terrible. It was a terrible kit. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it, was, it was neither one thing nor the other. Yeah, King Kong sales. For kit. me, it was a King Kong sales kit. I agree. Uh, but uh, I don't know what. Uh, and then Australia in the chase. Warner hit fifty-seven. Smith forty-eight. Red Inc. Maxwell thirty-two. Uh, what do you want to take away from this? Oh, I guess. Um, like, uh, be honest, you know, like the learning Australia's playing a game of cricket on on Sunday. I was like, oh, have a look. In it's, it's a sound. It's a. It's a. You know, it's a sense that I'm going to have on Sun. I'm going to have a sense, have you know, sense. touch. Oh, not yeah. touch so much touch, but well, you know, sound. Yeah, maybe I might be have a look. Looking after my kids, I'm like, there's something, you know. Something. And then I was driving back for a, went, took my little boy, my wife was working, took my boys for a walk and, and the dog, and drove home with the radio on. And you know how it is, you're like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll have a listen to that. Then it's on for like um, a minute or two minutes. I'm like, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and no, yeah. no disrespect to the players or anything, you know. I was like, uh, everyone made the joke 18 times, like, like the. I think this is good comms work. You know, they were saying the summer of cricket begins and everyone could add in winter. Uh, but uh, some good things to say about this game. Firstly, like, I think I'm really happy to see Australia playing against Zimbabwe. I'm just happy to see Zimbabwe playing cricket. Agreed. And Australia putting a full-strength side out against Zimbabwe. And also Zimbabwe, like, you know, bats especially playing some good shots. Uh, it was, yeah. It, was, it took a couple of the bowlers down. It was good. Uh it was a uh, Matavire, sixty odd, something yeah, like that. That yeah, was nice. Yeah. Um, Australia, yeah, hell of a kid, Zimbabwe. Australia played three all rounders. Yeah. Um, Cameron Green, I don't, Cameron Green, yeah, oh, I like that. I like good batters batting down the order. That's nice. Mm. Uh, I don't know what they're trying to do. I don't know where Australia is in ODI cricket. Generally, I like, have a feeling in terms of the qualification for the uh, the automatic qualification, yeah. Australia's like ninth. In. Yeah, but we'll yeah, get in because we hardly play a game. But get yeah. in because we're Australia. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know if we're good. <laughs> I feel like we're not that good at ODI cricket. Yeah, but uh, again, semi final, bare minimum. Yeah, semi's minimum. Yeah. yeah, final probably. Yeah, except we're in India, sort of not bad on a slow deck. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, a couple of tosses go away. Yeah. Job done. Uh, 
And what else is there to say? So, yeah, Smith took a good catch. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was an incident in Australia's chase where... Yeah. Um, I can't remember who the bowler was. I'm sorry, Zimbabwe. But uh, it was a spinner and, and Warner nicks behind. Yeah. And, the, and, and Rod Tucker gives it not out and the... Uh, Zimbabwean keeper is is adamant that's out. Immediate review. Just bang, straight yeah. out of the tee. He smashed and it. Smashed it. Smashed it, mate. And uh, I think maybe about five seconds after that, um, the, the camera, as it's preparing to go to um, DRS, yeah. also shows in a separate shot, David Warner is exiting the field now. Yes, yes. So, um, ah, I've been caught. Typically... Typically, that indicates that the player believes they have hit it. <laughs> you know, that they're out. It's a strange move yeah. if you did not think you hit it. Now, firstly... Gilchrist very rarely did that. Has to be said, you don't always know. The players don't always you know. Play, you don't always know. Uh, but there was a know. noise. When you watched it live, there was a noise, which it's coincided with the, with the... Yeah. Yeah. And anyway, just before Warner gets off the field, you notice through Snicko... Uh, and Hotspot that there's not well Hotspot showed nothing, and Snicko had like a like a low vibration, nothing mm-hmm. sharp that you would associate with a good nick. Yeah, and uh, and so based on the DRS evidence available and then the laws, you know, mm-hmm. and into cricket is a game of laws. Mm-hmm. John it's Lewis. not out, and 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 Warner just like you just sort of had to shrug his shoulders. Ah, uh, back. back? <laughs> I, I did wonder for a second because I'm a cuck. Yeah, whether it just might have been nice for him to just walk off and go, nah, hit it. It's just because there's a lot. There's a, yeah, I know you're like, what the fuck is you so just even, said, man? So even oh, you know this this idea. Okay, so I know this is this is weird. But, then but who, this idea, they, of, they get the review back. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm sort of thinking in really simple terms of Warner going. I confess, I nicked it, <laughs> and I'm gonna leave the field of play. Now you're saying I, only I say, one person knew. <laughs> saying at least one knew. <laughs> You know, there's like, I don't know if you've caught it. There's a bit happening around Warner at the moment. Yeah. Um, he's a person of interest yeah. uh, to Cricket Australia and world cricket. Yeah. A couple of people keen for his services. Yeah. Um, you know, a couple of bargaining chi- chips on the table. That's what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying. And, uh, yeah. I, you know, just in the uh, – maybe it would maybe it's ultra cynical for him to walk off, but if he thought he hit it, he could just, maybe he could have just walked off. I know that's a fucking weird thing to say, and I'm in the bin now. Yeah. Um, but he did, Mate, and, and honestly, he's entitled to walk back. Stuff. He's entitled stuff. to walk back. He walks back. And he gets out like three other times, and then he's out fifty odd. Uh, and then Maxwell just um, pumped him, and it, it's it's game over. It's game over. Uh, early Sunday afternoon off for the boys. Uh, the Asia Cup started on Sunday night. Pairs. Uh, mm. Afghanistan beat Sri Lanka in the tournament Big opener. One. Uh, Sri Lanka at one hundred and five. Rajat Paksa thirty eight for rookie three for eleven. Afghanistan chased that down two down. Um, we're seeing this all again in the UAE. Agurbas hit 40 off 18 for Afghanistan, by the way, in that game. So Afghanistan off the off the mark. Uh, and then last night, Australia that's time. A fucking shellacking that's fucking shellacking That's pumping. Mm. Uh, and now, I was, so India beat Pakistan last night. Pakistan made 147. Rizwan, 43. Boovy K. Four for 26. India got that with two balls of spare five down. Kohli and Jadeji both hit 35, and Pandya came in 33 of 17. He was a difference in the end. Mm. Three, uh, for a three for as well. Well, a good pace. That's right. That's right. And he was, of course, player of the match. Um, so India up and away. Afghanistan up and away. Now, I was just saying, like, we've seen this before because it's in the UAE, this tournament, and uh, both teams have uh, won the game chasing. 
Um, it's mm. it looks fucking ridiculous. We spoke about this last week about how hot it is in the UAE at the moment. It's a shocking time to be playing cricket there. Uh, Pakistan bowlers in the bowling the death overs there, just like cramping out, could barely charge in. Um, in a twenty over game, seems uh, remarkable. That's how humid. Uh, and hot as fuck it is there. So uh, anyway, um, we're covering the India and Pakistan games, that series. You can get the audio for that on Patreon if that's your gear, or you can just watch it on YouTube, whichever one of those you fancy. Um, so we don't need to go over that here, as we've already done one of those. Uh, Coley 35 looked good. Have a look at the highlights if you can. You can't in Australia. It's illegal. <laughs> How do we watch it? Hmm, interesting. Mm, interesting. Mm, very interesting. Uh, okay, Pez. Well, I reckon we should get in a bit of a hashtag RC to see, mate. Yeah, but like before it. we do that... You've got to use the code TJC for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Right. Have you got the copy there this week? Uh, not off the top of my head, okay. really, actually. So it, it isn't in front of me, to be honest, but I reckon I could have a crack at it. Oh, yeah? Uh, right, so. <laughs> I didn't mean to throw your hospital pass there. No, but, it's uh, not. No, you, you can normally expect me to have, have something in front of me, you know, talking about balls and sure. pubic hair and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, God. Yeah, sort of your safety, isn't it? Yeah, geez, really... Really reaching today. Uh, you know, like in American football, when there's a, there's a position called the safety. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. Another ruined position. Someone wrote last week. I used the the, the term gridiron to describe uh, American you? football. I'm not sure if it was on this show or some other dumb shit we do, but um, yeah. Someone wrote like nothing. Someone wrote something like. You know, nothing gives away an upper middle class Australian the use of the term gridiron. I was like, n- absolutely nothing. I'm not upper middle class, by the way, but like, gr- really, is grid is gridiron a posh term? I just, I didn't know that. I'm, like, I'm not aware of. I'm not familiar with that. Association. Well, you wouldn't be knowing where you're where you're from. That's that's. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. Well, as you know, I go to the Super Bowl every year. Now. Sort of my thing that I do. It was more like uh, I thought gridiron would be more like Australian cultural cringe in like you know just in the early nineties. Yeah where there was four TV stations and, like, two radio stations. Right, right, right. You know, like, things just had a homogenous name. It was just called gridiron. Like, we, Australians wouldn't have gone close to calling it football of any sort. You know, we've yeah, got enough yeah, problems yeah. with that word here as it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate, I've seen some... Football I've, can't even get called football here. Mate, I've seen some fucking cringe shit on the internet this week where, like, uh, there was obviously a really big game in the AFL last weekend between Collingwood and Carlton, two teams that are big, big rivals, right? Mate, I've seen some shit on fucking... In between Twitter, mm. and it might have been TikTok, actually. Mm. Um, which I re- which I actively try and diminish my screen time mm. down. I've got even just passively. It's fucking sick that website. Yeah. Sick. Um, There's birds dancing deluxe. Mate, mate, that's all fine. It's the other shit. <laughs> no, there was um, mate, there was just some commentary around like um, someone talking about like Americans were like really. Uh, there was an American at the at, the, at that game that AFL game, and they were amazed because they thought that game was our Super Bowl. It was actually just a, a round game. It was just a normal fixture. And some American was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. It's like, uh, what? shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up with that shit. Who do you want shutting up? Because uh, who I want shutting up is Aussies needing American Exactly. No, that, that's what I'm talking about. Validity. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, it's, okay. What about Shaq? Shaq's been out here this week. Just yeah. roll him out for everything. Well, Shaq says it's good. Yeah. Bloke played center for Orlando <laughs> and the Lakers. Yeah. yeah. That's, Cu- and big body. Couple of yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Hey, uh, Aussie rule, yeah, AFL stuff, mate. It's no, don't get me wrong. Like in a, in a good game, it's a, it's I'm a, going it's out a good on game. Friday. And look, and Australia's population's tiny compared to that to the US. Like yeah. twenty six million compared to three seventeen, three twenty, mm. whatever the fuck. Shaq, it is. Shaq would have been good in the ruck. Uh, he would have been good, yeah. But like, just just the idea that an American would be like blown away by like some sporting thing because there's fucking seventy thousand people at a game. Have you, have you seen a college football game? There's yeah. fucking hundred twenty thousand people. Those yeah. fuckers. 
Oh, it's just. I saw I saw a comedian in Australia. It was a Tim Hewitt. Good. I'm gonna oh, yeah. I'm gonna paraphrase him now, which is wrong. But he was just saying, imagine how bored Shaq is of having to like nod his head and be uh, and, and show how excited he is by another Aussie hit in football. Oh yeah, you know oh, yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. Have yeah. a look at this. We yeah. do it without helmets. Yeah, we're just so fucking desperate and needy, aren't we? Mate, like daddy love from mate, the USA. Market Rashford, market, market, Marcus <laughs> Rashford holding their fucking Sharon. Yeah, uh, that's right. or like guys like holding the koala. Hey, funny stuff out here, right? Hey? <laughs> Yeah, as, well, as they, the, all Australian came out this week, actually. Like the mm-hmm. the Aussie rules, all Australian. Still a manscape, Dad. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> We're going to tie this one in. We will. Let's see where it goes. All Australians, and yeah. I, I like that. Like it's it's a good honour being named an All Australian. For those who aren't aware, like the mm-hmm. the Aussie rules, All Australian team, they don't play against anyone. It's just a it's a kind of a um, an honorary side. Like it's like you would have made the Australian side. Yeah, it's like playing playing yeah. for the World Eleven. Yeah, okay, playing yeah. against Mars. Exactly, exactly. Who are strong this year. But like then, and, and most people can kind of put that in um, perspective and like this, you know, you're the best player in your position and it's an honour and yep. all that kind of thing. Yep. But then you get some people who are like, who start kind of gaming the side, you know, it's like, oh yeah, well I put him here because oh, he's actually yeah, going to yeah, come yeah. through the ruck and he, yeah, yeah, he can yeah. actually crumb around him and I actually think, you know, a couple of hard bodies here would be good and mm-hmm. just just some nonce gear yep. again. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, uh, I didn't need to say that. Uh, guess what? There's there's actually new copy for Manscaped. Okay. Um, so, so the email. Give them some airtime. <laughs> I mean, we haven't said a single thing about the product yet, but well, they're reaching out to let us know about the upcoming platinum package launch on August thirty. So you know, if you're getting this on the 29th of August, you're you're twenty four hours ahead. The plat the platinum package four is our best value deal yet, and includes the following products. Fucking hell, there's like eight things here. And it's, it's, it feels like a mishmash of words we've said before. So the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, yeah. the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, yeah. Ultra Premium Body Wash, mm-hmm. <laughs> Ultra Premium 2-in-1 Shampoo Conditioner. Yeah. 2-in-1, yeah. Is it boring you? You want some... You know, you, is this boring you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Ultra pre- Premium Deodorant, Crop Preserver Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant, but, but I know what you're asking. Do they have the Crop Reviver Ball Spray Toner? <laughs> yeah, they do. And there's also free gifts. Boxes and shed travel bag. What sort of travel bag is it you're asking? A shed travel bag. Shed travel Cause bag. Because men like sheds. Oh, I see. Um, And this, I'm not even at the copy yet. <laughs> gentlemen, gentlemen, all men strive for gold in their life, right? Gold medals, gold watches, gold everything. Is that right of you? Do you strive for gold everything in your life? Gold member. However, there is a certain type of man who goes the extra mile. How do you go extra from gold? I know. Well, you look, at the, look at the BBL draft. Yeah. He walks with the confidence of an eagle. Now, do sense. eagles walk with they, confidence? Eagles do. They sort uh, of stalk, don't they, a little bit? Yeah. It's not their... It's not their primary method of movement, though. Hey, I saw this most fucked up thing the other day on the internet. <laughs> It was an eagle. It was an it was an eagle. Yeah. It picked up a mountain goat and oh. it threw it off a cliff, and yeah, then it fucking man. and to, to its death. Yeah. And then it fucking pecks at the carcass for fo- like it's most fucked up shit. Have you seen yeah. the talons on an eagle? Yeah, mate, get in the fucking. Mate, get up, get up the NT. You want to see? You want to see a couple of big fucking birds oh, of mate, prey around? Mate, we were talking about that. Yeah, sound yeah. like birds of prey. Yeah, we were talking about when I was up get there. Get up there. You. All right. Get up there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Look, yes, he, daddy. he walks with the confidence of an eagle. I'm going to think about that. They've got very short pins. Eagles, yes. I wouldn't say as much of a stride. Yeah. I don't like the gait on it. There's other animals, I'd, you know. Definitely. Like a silverback or something. Moose? 
<laughs> and giggle and and giggles in the face of danger. He's he's a big so, th- so man. This sense. is what manscaped to kind of imagining is the ultimate male. He's a big hairless winning machine. <laughs> <laughs> and when uh, uh, wait, he's a big hairless winning machine. And when he unzips his pants, he sees dot 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 platinum. <laughs> What? That's right. Manscaped would like to announce that their best and biggest ultimate oh, hygiene bundle, the Platinum Package 4.0, is now available in Australia. It's the leader in below-the-waist grooming. Now trust them with the whole shebang. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code TGC. Uh, and then it just goes into every single thing. Uh, is anybody listening to this show going, please tell me about the crop preserver? You can just go to the website, mascot.com. Yeah, yeah TGC. Just 20, 20% off. All right. Plus free shipping. That's Plus free that's shipping. Fucking okay. that's fucking fucking try, all I'm you trying get, to do is get, offer value. You get full value. Get full all we're trying to do is offer value. All right, Pez. Hashtag I said it's sponsored, as you know, by Merv's Masters. I don't even know if I want to read this out because spot, look, there are spots. There are spots left, but they're fucking filling up deluxe. Oh, really? Almost gone. Merv's Masters, Wattle Sprigs 11. Um, so you can still get, like, I think what Sean Brown will do is expand this fucking tour, okay. but it's getting big. Okay. Uh, because okay. because the people are hearing that Merv Hughes is hosting a tour right. and he's there the whole time. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a playing tour, 17 days, uh, cosplaying, being an Australian cricketer. Mm-hmm. Um, all sorts of things are happening after the games as well. It's their social all games. Their, their social games played seriously. Uh, it, it caters to every age, 18 to mature. Again, I know you've seen those categories before. You train at Lords. You play seven games. You travel uh, to some great grounds, etc. Like he says, plenty of time to relax after matches. Um, and and just reiterating that that Mervin. That Swerve and Mervin, who is one of the greats, and truly, like he he lives up to his billing mm. in IRL, mm-hmm. uh, is going to be there and running the show. If you want more information about that, cricketcoaching.com.au for the full tour itinerary. You request that. You got to send an email through that. Put TJC in the comments. You get a free tour baggy green, not a free tour baggy, free tour baggy green when you join the tour. Um, so uh, what what? What else is there to say? You're going to England ahead of the Ashes. I think we're going to have some dates for the Ashes coming out soon. Yeah. There's a little, there's a little tip for us. Yeah, for our for our live shows back on. No, I just mean the Ashes itself. Oh, the, yeah, the actual dates. the actual Ashes. Yeah, yeah, the actual Ashes. Yeah. How would we be able to know our live show dates if no one knows the Ashes dates? That's a good mm-hmm. point. How do we know that? How would we know? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Man, next year's Ashes could be fucking. I mean, it's it's always good in England. Yeah. No matter, like, I remember even the, the year then they won 3 0. Uh, that was the year, like, Phil Hughes played, and that might have been the Agar series when yeah. he came in 11, got 98. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ian Bell batted really well. That was, yeah. that was three. But all those games were still really close. It's yeah. like cricket, cricket in England is always good. Look at this yeah. series right now, mm. like, a couple of, couple of innings defeats mm. for either side. Um, but, uh, but it's still fucking really mm. good. It's just an even contest all the time. But I think both teams, like, I, th- I think, I still think they're a bit shit. But Australia, like, n- Australia's got weaknesses as well. Australia good? I don't know. But I just feel like it's going to be a red-hot series anyway. So I'll tie this in. I think it goes Tie this in. Oh, no, I agree, I agree with that. I agree with that. But I still think that um, – I still think there's, there's something there for the Aussies in ne- next next summer. But then add this series in. I'll have a look Beforehand, at it. Make it, make it special. Make it special. Make it special. Make it special. Cricketcoaching.com.au. A non-write in. Boys, 
I have a question regarding a certain player that requires not only he and I remain anonymous, but also that I fictionalise the industry in which I am employed, partly to keep him from recognising himself, but mostly because he is twice the man I will ever be, and I daily breathe a sigh of relief that tubbing is not a, requ- a requisite part of the job. So let's, for the sake of this story, say that I'm an airline pilot. Possibly not for Emirates, but not at Wheelie Bin, but not at Wheelie Bin shit like Ryanair either. Perhaps a Lufthansa. I'm a rather experienced pilot in a role that, to put in grade terms, is playing ones with a long-awaited call-up to a Vitality Blast squad not too far away, or at least that is what I tell the wife when she asks why she has to go without a plus one to a wedding yet again. So a couple of weeks ago, a new hire was made at work, and on Monday morning, in walked a face I recognised that I could scarcely believe. He was a former professional cricketer, not a household name, but one who would be known by anyone with a knowledge of cricket thorough enough to not walk by when a game is on TV and ask who's winning. Wow. He retired, well known. He retired youngish due to injury, but while still on the county circuit. After a career on the fringes of the national team and with a range of T20 leagues under his belt, he then, reta- he then retrained as a pilot and is joining our airline for his first gig of his new career. Maybe I could take this as a sign that he is a well-adjusted individual who has achieved numerous cricketing accomplishments some of us could only dream of and is now seeking to better himself and broaden his horizons broaden his horizons beyond the limited opportunities an ephemeral game can provide. But I spent enough Saturdays chasing leather around suburban shit heaps in the hopes of achieving the recognition he had probably mustered by the time he was 13 that I am certain I have a far more rounded perspective. He must be limping away with his tail between his legs after one too many Joffre Archer knocks to the helmet if he's being forced to toil in the ignominy of an industry that, if I may break character for a moment, is much less glamorous than flying planes around the world. So now that he is here... I have come to a realisation I'm far better at my job than he is. While talent is important in the aviation industry, experience is vital, and he is none, while I have over a decade's worth. I now have the opportunity to do what I could never have done on the cricket field, offering the fuck out of this coat. He is bound to make a bunch of amateur mistakes that I got past long ago miscommunicating with air traffic control, forgetting to raise the landing gear before touchdown in Glasgow, calling a matronly stewardess mum, or whatever fucking mistakes one makes in this increasingly poorly conceived employment analogy. So how, so how should the offering proceed? Should I warn him when I see him about to fly into turbulence? Or sit back and tell him what he should have done after the fact? Do I offer friendly and fatherly advice at the end of a rough day, the AVA, aviational equivalent of throwdowns to work on his troublesome area around the leg in hopes of gaining his affection and perhaps being invited to a barbecue where long conversations with Stuart Broad and Baz McCullum await because I assume cricketers' social circles consist entirely of other cricketers of equal or greater fame. Or do I mercilessly mock his slip-ups as if I'm standing at first slip as he leaves a straight one that cannons into middle and off. Perhaps I can provide the concerned look of sympathy he needs when seeing him fumble a takeoff in a snowstorm like the non-striker when he is sure he was just being triggered by a cunt for an umpire from a ball that was clearly going down leg before grinning and declaring that it was hitting all three. So please help me, boys. Do I take one 
Do I take my one and only shot at intimidating the young whippersnapper I once dreamed of being in order to add some light to my increasingly dark days? Or do I accept the inevitability that as in cricket, which I'm pretty sure I was once better at him than, than him, as I was a grown man while he was a toddler, he will soon overtake my abilities in this chosen field and I am better off showing graciousness in class in the hope that he might in the short term get me free tickets to the hundred or some shit and the long term provide a good reference when I'm let go for being too old and astigmatic soon after he has been promoted to become my boss, yours in coterie anon. That could have been wrapped up about fucking 45 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, like I really like the question. Then it's like... <laughs> I'm going to give you five potential funny <laughs> yeah, answers yeah, yeah, yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think? What do we think this guy does? Obviously, aviation. No, I couldn't give a fuck. Gigolo. I, I couldn't give a fuck what he does. I could not give a fuck. He's answering like, "Can I be? Can I alpha this guy?" And the answer is no. The answer is straight up no. You, you'll never be more alpha than this guy. You can't alpha this guy. He's already achieved the things that you done that, that you wanted to do as a kid. It doesn't matter what you do in your life, in, in your so proper life. You, you can't be the alpha. You're not going to be the alpha. He's done the thing that you wanted to do when you were 13. I'm sorry, Anon. I'm sorry. There's two kinds of alphas, isn't there? There's, like, there's the superficial alpha, like in the moment when there's people around, and then there's like what you really know to be alpha. That's right. Because I've seen seen a few like pro cricketers, ex-pro cricketers outside their context of being cricketers. And, and you know, as it would be with anything in life, like many of them are found quite wanting you know, struggle. They struggle with things, which is what would happen when you devote your whole life to something and your entire self-esteem and ego is built around it. You don't have many other skills, you know. It's, you, you just look at that rationally. But... <laughs> yeah. But the, the thing is, like, if they've developed, like, 10 years of alpha armory around cricket... Yeah. ...around, like, being an athlete, around professional sport... Yeah. Alphas die hard. Like alphas are still going to alpha, you know. Even if he, even if this person goes into the new job, gigolo or otherwise, yeah. They they still carry with them a kind of instinctive way of 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 knowing how to remain alpha. Mm. You know, like and they've got little levers they can pull upon there. Like if this guy is bad at at his job. And it's embarrassing for him and this guy who's writing in saying, I can embarrass him. I can make him look like he's shit. Basically a, a fifth grade player, all that sort of shit. Right. This, this guy still knows that he'll still know from his previous experience, the levers to pull. Like he might not be experienced at that job, but he's experienced, he'll be experienced in managing himself in groups. Mm. He'll know because he's likely thick physically speaking. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he'll know how Two to pull. Two he'll, he'll know how to pull upon that lever. Yeah. yeah. Pull upon the thick lever. Yeah. He'll know how to pull upon his former life in professional sport if he needs to. He may not want to. He may want to get away from professional sport for, for myriad reasons. Perhaps. But he'll know how to do it because he's got, he knows he must remain alpha in some way. Um, I'd be very careful before thinking that... Oh, I'd be tiptoeing. Just, even if you're better than him at this job, like if he can't read and you can read <laughs> and it's part of the job, I'd still be wary. <laughs> If he can both, if he can't read, you can read, and you're both librarians. <laughs> I still think the ex, I, I still think the ex pro cricketer can alpha you because alpha ultimately can, comes down to sex. Mm-hmm, yeah, it's a, it's bi, it's biology. Yeah, he'll it's, be able it's to, he'll manscaped be able to, stuff. He'll be able to put books back that you can't reach that top shelf because he's got a bigger reach. He'll find something. He'll find something. He can do something better. Yeah, physically, usually. And you know, let's let's say for instance, it's a sales job. 
Yep. And like he's recognizable. Yeah. Well, whose business? Who's who's going to get mm. the business? You or him? There's only one winner, the famous person. You know, this guy concedes that this guy, like that the the player, did something that he wanted to do. Like I'd be more inclined to take him under your wing. And and like, oh, that's way that's way better, Pez. Take that's him way un- better. Take him under your wing. Yeah. And it's actually more cynical because oh yeah, you know, yeah. you're using him. Well, you, well, use, use him to get as close to the dream you never achieved. Yeah. Get around to his house, meet his family. Well, he's trying to get to around to a barbecue with with yeah. uh, with with Brody and Baz. Yeah, uh, I can dispel that. Cricketers aren't usually mates with other cricketers. They, they all play for rep teams. Like that, they're yeah, it's a rep team they're in. Yeah, that they like being the alphas of yeah. It's the rest very, of the world. Yeah, but when they're with other alphas, it's it's a bit of a cock show. It's a cock show, and nobody wins. They actually, cancel each other out. <laughs> <laughs> Quite a paradigm, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's, it's, uh, it's a whole thing. <laughs> Sociologists have a field day if they're allowed in. Yeah, <laughs> just Amazon the testies. Except sociologists are weak little coats. Can't get anywhere near a dressing room. Uh, Anon, thanks for the question. Uh, and get your questions in for Patreon for hashtag RCDC Fridays, patreon.com forward slash great cricketer. You can find the merch at greatcricketer.com. We'll see you guys on the internet next week. Cheers. <laughs>